When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome to a Reckless Draft Speculation episode of Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. As you can see, we have our friend from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. His name is Thor Nystrom, and he is a draft maestro. Uh, In fact, we should, I don't know if maybe it's like proprietary information for you, but one of these episodes... One of these Tuesdays, can we just pop your spreadsheet on the screen and show people like, I think people figure, oh, Thor just like, uh, you know, like watches the combine and stuff. No, Thor is as in-depth with his evaluation of college football players as anyone you're going to find in the country. And one time he showed us his spreadsheet and we were like, wow. Okay. We could definitely do that. They might send someone for a wellness check though after we do. <laughs> Amazing. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the NFL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. All right. It's been two weeks since we have gathered. We will do a mock draft simulation where we just basically have Thor be our general manager, and we are just like the, the scouts that throw out information that makes no sense uh thor will guide us but now that the combine is over i guess let's start here so the vikings did release eric kendricks yesterday there's going to be more moves to get cap compliant but from a vikings perspective as much as you can knowing their positions of need they may they may get rid of adam thielen at some point this week um what were the most notable things from a vikings perspective do you think over the last week at the combine thor well, there a couple of the positions that the Vikings need. They were they were testing well. Secondary is going to be a really deep uh, position in this draft. We we know that. Uh, one of the interesting ones on the other side of the ball at receiver. This is not a very good receiver class, and that was confirmed in Indianapolis. A lot of those guys either weren't testing well or they were ducking the testing, and and they're going to defer till their pro day. So we're going to have to see how some of that stuff shakes out. But maybe maybe that's not such a bad thing for the Vikings because some of these guys are going to filter down the board, um, you know, could present the possibility either using that first round pick or trading uh, into the top half of the second round, grabbing one of those guys that were, were seen as a top five consensus guy, but maybe are going to go a little bit later than we had initially thought. Thor, let's talk about the uh, the position that we all love, but we all think Kirk is great. So just to, to be clear on that, the quarterback position. Um Anthony Richardson's stock clearly has changed now. I think we were expecting him probably realistically to be a a top 10, but probably 8, 9, or 10. Um, How how much did his just athletic freakness, which shouldn't have shocked teams, but definitely impressed teams, how much does that change things? And who who else among that upper core quarterback group do you think uh, left a favorable impression or perhaps not one? Yeah, Richardson's stock is surging. Of course, uh, you know, he goes into the combine. I would say his band of outcomes going in was probably like the ninth to the 16th pick, maybe right. the seventh to the 16th, something like that. Uh, now, I, I don't know that he gets out of the top five. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you know, he could be the uh, top three pick. He might even be the, the first pick after what he did. Hmm. Yes, we, we knew that he was a super freak athlete. We did. But what he did was historic. We've literally never seen it before. Size adjusted, he's the most athletic quarterback to ever go into the NFL. 
the vertical and the broad and the 40 like it was all ridiculous at that size 240 plus pounds you're gonna have to jive that physical package with the accuracy issues and the inexperience right like we were talking about this with trey lance coming out of, of ndsu of course a couple levels down but trey lance had started an analogous amount of games to anthony richardson coming out that, that's something that's going to scare you as well. So obviously you have a couple of red flags on Richardson's evaluation, um, but you have uh, things that you cannot teach other guys that, that he has. So, the, the, you know, all-time ball of clay to work with. You know, I, I think people people are guilty, and I've I've probably been this way throughout, you know, my career with a microphone in front of me, of being really black and white with quarterback prospects. He's either going to be a bust or he's going to pan out or you know, we put we try to put quarterbacks in bins, but you know, over the years and especially listening to Quasey talk about his philosophies coming from the Wall Street world, he deals in probabilities. And so he talks about taking bet like he'll place a bet on a on an asset, right? He looked at Jalen Rager for instance and saw this was a former first round evaluation. His skill set is still applicable. He's not he's not that old. He's in his mid twenties, and so it's worth us putting some draft capital to get that asset over. It's not a one hundred percent that's gonna pan out. How do you apply that to quarterbacks? So Anthony Richardson, in terms of accuracy and completion percentage, he's of guys that are gonna go in the first round. I wanna say only like Jake Locker, maybe Josh Allen's in this mix, but it's a small group of players that have that low of a completion percentage coming out of college. And so on one hand, if he doesn't shore up some of the footwork accuracy stuff, he can't be an NFL quarterback. On the other hand, Dante Culpepper like athleticism, if not uh, beyond that, what is the probability that a guy like that's going to be a star versus a competent quarterback versus a complete bust? Are there percentages you can put on it? Well, yeah, and, and that's exactly how you have to break down how you value that kid going into the draft is what what is the ceiling? Like, what would the value of, of that ceiling be? What are the odds that he hits that ceiling? And then what's sort of the middle of the road outcome? What are the odds that he goes there? And then what are, you know, what would he be if he's a boss? Is there any utility there? One interesting thing about Anthony Richardson, if he busts a quarterback, he's heading to tight end. He might be a real good one because athletically <laughs> – not many tight ends in the league in wow. league history can compare to what what he put out athletically. So you're going to get another, you know, as it were, bullet there if he does not pan out at quarterback. You're going to be able to try him there. But th- that's sort of how you do it. And I, I totally agree with the way that you set that up and the way that Quasi thinks about it. It's not that you look at a kid and you're like, he will be this, because you're going to make more mistakes doing that. It's the shades of it. And then, you know, what are the odds that he gets there? And and then you, you have to do the whole sort of going down the sliding scale with that and then figure out your evaluation that way. Same way you do it with a stock. If you're figuring out, you know, should I buy this stock? You, you have to know what the risk is of that, right? Like even if you're super bullish on that stock, you have to know what the risk uh, profile of that stock is before you buy it. So, Thor, it sounds like um, as far as the Vikings go, the Levis kid from Kentucky more and more is a kid that they like. They talked to him. They gave him a football to hold. He loved that. He mentioned it. He was juggling the football around. Was he, did he fumble the football, do we know? Uh, he, you know what? He's 6'4", 229. So my guess is the, is the hand size is sufficient, although I don't know, know that for sure. Um, but what are your thoughts on him and – as far as, as this goes, I know it's a long shot, but would this be the type of kid? Because, again, you know, Quasi, we think we know his strategy, but we really don't fully yet. Is there any chance that the Vikings would try and go up, which would be quite a jump? Although I think Levis is now, he might be the fourth of the four um, to go up in the draft and get him, which obviously would cost you your first round pick next year, and that's probably just a start. Yeah, I I would be surprised. To me, you know, Levis heading into the event was QB four, heading out of the regular season, the college regular season, QB four for me, and and now he he's going to be locked into that QB four slot for me. And and I think that's where the NFL is now looking at them now that you know Richardson and the popular opinion has surged ahead of him. But you know the 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 floor for him is probably like he he's still going to go in the top ten. So you're going to have to get to you know nine or maybe even seven. Uh, and, and like you mentioned, Judd, you're going to have to give up at least next year's first round pick and you're going to have to give up more when the Vikings only have five picks this year, no second rounder. And one of those picks 
is a comp pick that they're going to get back for Gronklin signing with the Jets last offseason, whatever. You just don't have the, the equity to do this. We've talked about this before, about how the Wilfs, they want to compete every single year. If you would make a move like that, you're basically punting this season you know, because the the limited resource that you have to improve this year's roster, you're funneling a lot of that into a guy that's not going to help this year's team. And then you're setting up a weird locker room dichotomy for this year. I, I mean, I'd be down for it, but I don't think the Vikings administration would. So I'd be surprised. How would you maybe this is hard to quantify, too, because as they as they try to figure out and there was the report from from Daniel Jeremiah too, beyond the fact that we know they met with Levis, they met with Richardson Daniel Jeremiah flat out said they're doing a lot of homework on first round quarterbacks. They are a team to watch as they look for their next guy. Cousins turns 35. So this is going to be a conversation and maybe they wind up just sort of hedging. Maybe they go with a third or fourth round quarterback instead, kind of like a couple years ago with Kellen Mond. So I don't even really know how to ask you this, but I'll ask it and you can take it wherever you want to. Are any of these four quarterbacks worth the capital so I get what you just said about punting on 2023, but if your sole goal is to set yourself up for 2024 and beyond, are any of these four quarterbacks worth trading a future first and maybe you know a third-round pick this year or two future first to move up 15 or 17 spots, Thor? Yeah, I I do it for the I do it for the three I do it for Young I do it for Stroud and I would do it for Richardson I would roll the dice just because. If, if he hits the ceiling, we'd never seen nothing like him before. Um, with Levis, I don't know that I would mortgage the future like that. I have a couple more questions about his game. You don't have the – the reason I had Richardson above him and, you know, heading into the, the combine, it's if you're going to shoot the moon, you got to go all the way with it. Both those guys have questions on their evaluation, but Levis, he don't have the – the, you know, the all world athleticism and, 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 you know, the arm strength, I guess is, is probably more or less analogous, but uh, leave us, my issue with him is he don't sense the rush in the pocket at all. Mm. He's a sitting duck back there. And when a guy's coming from his blind side, you see him get clocked all the time. Um, that's one. He also has the accuracy issues, not quite as acute as Richardson for sure. Um, but he's got him nonetheless. And he talked about that at his podium session, leave us did. And, and I'll give him credit for the self-awareness. Um, and, and this is something that was apparent on his tape about how he's really nonchalant with his lower body mechanics. Basically, when when he sees the guy open, he just chucks it without any mind to setting his base, getting his shoulders squared to the target, stuff like that. Because and, and he said this at his podium session, because my arm was so talented, I could get away with just flicking the thing, you know, like a lot of different times that causes inaccuracy. That's where that stuff crops up. Um, so both those guys are going to have to work on it with it. But those are the reasons why I have the questions with Levis, because I don't know if I can fix the under pressure thing. And even if he hits a ceiling, it's not the same ceiling that you would get with, with Anthony Richardson if he hits his. Phil, please play the r- reckless speculation sounder, because I'm about to bring Thor into the world. Oh, wow. Reckless mm-hmm. speculation. Reckless <clears throat> speculation. Wow. Look at us right Because, Thor, I totally get your point. Like, yes, the Wilfs, we, we've t- talked about this. But I've been trying to just, in my mind, go through the permeations of how this could play out, okay? And if O'Connell thinks that he could fix this kid, which, you know, is totally w- within the realm of possibility, what if they actually did make the trade uh, took Levis at, I don't know, let's say seven or eight, because they had determined, because of how the quarterback market is playing out, that they were not going to give Kirk the contract he wants. Okay, first of all, it sounds like Kirk is flustered by that alone, right? He's not, he, they're, they're not coming up with the guaranteed cash. And he's like, what's going on here? If you then take a quarterback in the draft, well, then my guess is the Cousins camp's like, you know what? Find us a place to go. And then trades Kirk. And I'm just throwing this out as a possibility that O'Connell, if he thought he could, if you take a quarterback in the top 10, I think there's a very good chance he starts immediately and you try and fix him on the go. Just throwing it out as reckless speculation. The 49ers would look very good with Kirk. Well, can I add, can I add to this reckless speculation? Okay. Of course. What if, again, this is, this is all just hypothetical and potentially triggering for a certain section of the Purple Daily audience. And for that. This is among friends though. It is. It's Thor's just, a friend. It's just Thor's a, a good re- friend. Just a little reckless speculation among uh, yeah. football-loving ne- friends. Okay. First part is free, too. <laughs> we'll, we'll make you pay in the future. So if if this goes down the road of, and now, by the way, and we'll do, we're going to do a bonus episode sort of on Kirk's market value being set and what does that mean now that Geno Smith has a contract 
some of the guys around him, right, in the last couple of years, the guys who are above him have contracts. There's a couple of guys maybe below him, Derek Carr, Geno Smith. So you kind of know average annual value, guarantees. You can kind of put together a logical Kirk Cousins extension from his side. And the Vikings might say, well, we could maybe do this, but we need more flexibility. If they reach a crossroads, and if Kirk and his camp say, well, we're not going to, we don't want to just play a lame duck season. There's other teams out there that would, gla- like, I'll wave my no trade for these two teams, Niners being one of them, right? Would you rather, this is for Thor, would you rather have the last three years of Trey Lance's rookie scale contract and mold that? Or would you rather trade up into the top 10? So let's say it's a Kirk plus Lance and a third or something. Or would you rather trade a future first and something else to move up for five years of a rookie scale contract in the top 10 of this year's draft? Um, Of that hypothetical. So so in the second one, you have to give the full asking price to move into the top 10, yep. presumably for Levis, correct? Or yes. Or if maybe Stroud falls to seven, but... It's probably it's probably uh, the Kentucky quarterback. Yeah, if it, maybe if it was Stroud, maybe then then I I might switch my answer. Or if it was Bryce Young, I might switch my answer. Speculation with, with, with Levis, I'm definitely going. What about with Richardson? The what if what if the top five teams get a little scared about the volatility oh, with, of Richardson? With, with Richardson, I'm I, I might lean that way too. With Levis, definitely I'm going with the first one with Trey Lance because the way that I see that, if you swapped out Cousins for Lance, you can just start Lance next year. If if he doesn't pan out and it's in like the the worst what's the worst case scenario that he's an utter disaster and the team next year is awful awesome you're picking at the top of the board when Caleb yeah. Williams is coming out of college and Drake May is coming out of college then make Trey Lance your backup but Thor, a lot of a lot of Vikings fans that is their the worst nightmare of a lot of Vikings fans is taking a step back because you're not guaranteed to take two steps forward even though in the history of the franchise. They've always taken the two steps forward after taking a step back. But that is a huge fear of the fan base and the ownership, I think. My my fear is that I die without the Vikings winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> and there's some some sacrifices have to be. Sometimes you got to exactly. take a minor step back for one year to take two steps forward in the future. Yeah. You know what? Thank God for saying that. God bless you for saying exactly what. But I'm just, I just think that if you, if, you know, and the next, uh, few weeks will help determine this but i just think if cousins doesn't get the contract that he wants this at least becomes a real conversation so so and you know what i still would put my my money on him starting but i but i don't think we should dismiss the the fact that some very smart people at the combine were like don't forget the vikings here like you know again they're not just like making things up they're talking to executives they're talking to quasi they're talking to o'connell so there at least is definitely kicking the tires going on behind the, the scenes. And Thor, as you know, like for all the tires that are kicked, probably five, three to five percent of that stuff happens. But it's not that they're not at least trying to look at what the next step is. That's the thing about the combine. For sure. Yeah. And you have to explore the possibilities. And we know that Quasi is would explore all possibilities. It would be it would be dumb not to. And and the background that he came from, that's just a natural thing. It's you know, it's like for us like breathing. It's that, you know, that he's just gonna think about all those different things. Thinking about this quarterback class in particular, it's it's really interesting because we we talked about those four guys at the top. The consensus, it's it's the same for everybody. After that group, you have the next two guys that may or may not go in day two. Probably they'll go on day two, but what well, Hendon Hooker and Tanner McKee. But then after that, there's another drop off and it just falls off the shelf. And then it's just like, you know, the day three flotsam sort of guys. What I don't like, you mentioned the Kellen Mond thing. And, and you, you think about like the Kellen Mond or like the Christian Ponder. Some of these years where the Vikings convinced themselves before the draft, we need to take a quarterback with yep. X pick. And, yep. and regardless of what happened during the draft, they were like, oh, yeah, that this is the plan. So we're doing it. You know, we're up now, and, and Christian, he's the top quarterback on our board now, so we're taking Christian or or Kellen Mond or whatever. That's how you start to get tunnel vision, how you make mistakes in the draft. If they're going to do this, if, if they're going to do this, you need to get super aggressive and get, you know, so you can get one of those top four guys. Or um, if you fall in love with one of the next two in McKee or Hennon Hooker, 
um, and then figure out how the rest of the league values them so you don't super overpay for them on day two. But otherwise, you, like, you know, you just don't want to over do the overpay thing like we see in the past with the Vikings. Well, how would you, let's say it was McKee in the third round. I mean, what, to me, that's just kind of, the, that feels like how the Vikings have approached it the last, you know, I guess the only, the only uh, other shot they've taken besides Bridgewater is Kellen Mond in the last handful of years. But it's, to me, it's such a hedge. You know, if you, because once you get further down the board, yes, there are the Kirk Cousins that wind up being fourth round picks that turn into, you know, multi-year starters. And of course, Tom Brady and Romo was undrafted. And I get that. But the further you go, the more of a crapshoot it is. And the first round guys are crapshoots. So to me, I, I would be, I would be okay with it. If, if there was a cornerback that was a surefire day one starter, could play man press coverage. And there's a number of a Deontay banks or whatever. And then you went with your quarterback on day two. I can live with that. Cause at least they're taking a shot at a quarterback, but it does feel like kind of a hedge. No, for sure. Yeah, it it, it does. Um, McKee, this is the guy though that I'm I'm I'd be cool with there with that third round pick. Um, because I do think that that he could start games, but it's just like down the road. But it's just the ceiling's capped there. He's uh, you know, like not the exact same player, of course, but he's coming from the exact same school, exact same system, sort of similar to Davis Mills. You go back to the same year as Kellen Mond; they were all picked in that little group. There's one other one. It was like the three quarterbacks right in a row in that round around Kellen Mond. But like, it's the same sort of thing where you're going to get like that cap ceiling guy. But um, you know, as far as like a pocket passer who's accurate to all sectors and stuff like that, confident in his decisions, that's what you're getting with Tanner McKee. He's obviously lead footed and stuff like that. So you're not going to get any of the fun, you know, dual threat stuff and the mobility and, and being able to bootleg him and stuff like that. But um, th- there's, there's a certain cost certainty with him just because we know the work that he can do in the pocket and we know that he has arm talent. Ready for one incredible night of rock with Static X and Seven Dust. Machine Killer North American Tour, Saturday, May 18th, Myth Live with special guests Dope and Lines of Loyalty. Tickets on sale now at MythLive.com or eTix.com. Don't miss Static X and Seven Dust. Now, Thor, in my combine quarterback notes, though, I have McKee with a stock down sign. Wow. I was going mm. through this on Sunday, uh, and it sounds like he didn't pr- perform great. But, again, it's the combine. And so that that's the thing is it's got to be very it, – it's a very dicey thing because you don't want to fall in love with guys at the combine, and you also don't want to dismiss them based on workouts. Um, but I, you know what, you guys? I got to think at the end of the day – when the Vikings do this eventually with, with this brass now, with Quasi and O'Connell, I got to think that they are, at some point in time here, going to go big game hunting. Like, I, I just, I don't know if they're going to try and, and, and you know what, if you stumble upon Russell Wilson, awesome, that's great. But these are pretty smart guys who know the percentages of the Tom Brady's and Wilson's are, are low, at least as far as trying to find a potential star. I got to think that these guys, at some point in time, have an intention to really go as as Thor said, all in, like not try and be like, oh, I guess yeah, third round. Um, I just think it's a question of when. So this is where I, I this is what I would do too. I to me, big game hunting means you go for the biggest upside, and that's that that's a good question for Thor here too. If you were if you're ranking and maybe you're you're probably factoring all this into your actual rankings, but how would you rank the top six quarterbacks? Off upside alone, so big game hunting. That if you hit on it, boom, it's a top five quarterback in the league. It's a franchise changer for the next ten years. How would you rank them on upside alone? And then how would you rank them based on your life depends on them being competent for like the first couple years that they can they can, okay. they can start and they can. It's like I guess the, how would you rank their their the, the highest floors, if you will. So the the ceiling one, of course, Richardson, he got a B1. Um, two, maybe, probably uh, Levis or Stroud. Um, I, I got to see what, like, I think Stroud's more athletic than people. I'm, I'm going to put Stroud second because I think he's more athletic than people think. I'll put Levis third. I'll put Young uh, fourth on that. And then I'll put Hooker fifth. And then McKee sixth. And then the next one is the highest floor, right? Yeah. I would do... I would do Bryce Young is first on that one for sure. Uh, CJ Stroud is second on that one. Um, third would mm, – this is where it gets tougher. Like uh, maybe 
Levis or Hooker would be my next two. Hmm. Um, and then uh, McKee would probably be the one after that, and Richardson would probably be six. <laughs> See, the, that's amazing. But I think you it's still, to me, you, you almost have to go in if, if Richardson's your guy, whether you're the Vikings or somebody else. That's what big game hunting is, right? All right, let's let's take a shot on it. But it makes it more risky to give up a, a bunch of future first round picks to move up to get him, right? If you're the Colts and you're gonna, he falls to you at four. All right, it's much less of a risk than if you're the Vikings and you trade a future first and a, a third or whatever to move up 15 spots for a very very low floor and a high ceiling. Yeah, and and you know, and with that, I'm not baking in the the idea that Richardson could be moved to tight end. You know, if if you know, and and, and different stuff like that. But it, it's just right now with with where Richardson's accuracy is. If you don't fix that, all the cool stuff about his game, it's not going to be playable full time at quarterback until you get. It doesn't. He doesn't need to be Drew Brees, right? Like it, it doesn't need to be something like that. But it just needs to be good enough because the, the rest of his game, he's going to get more uh, opportunities and more spacing because the defense needs to account for Anthony Richardson at all times. He said, Anthony Richardson said this at his podium session about, you know, like when, when he's surveying the field, if, if every guy is covered, then they can't cover me, you know? And yeah. it's like it, that whole idea. So Thor, how much does the, the conversation about him also hinge on and how, how much has it been changed? Cause I feel five to 10 years ago, his accuracy would almost be like a non-starter. Like this is a real problem. Um, it, feels like what the safety net here or the blanket here of safety is Josh Allen, who, you know, came into the league, athletic as hell, same flaws though, accuracy, and to a certain degree, it got fixed enough where he's good now. How much does his success then reflect on how teams feel about Richardson? And when you watch them both, how much do you see a, a similarity that Richardson's accuracy issues can be solved to a point of becoming a very productive NFL quarterback. Uh, to to the first point, it, it's big, you know, seeing seeing those guys coming to the league, uh, analogous sort of physical packages, and then seeing the the specifically with Allen, the the because he made enormous strides with his accuracy because he made enormous strides with uh, the, the technique um, and the mechanics, the same sort of things that Anthony Richardson's uh, going to have to do, but. Again, you're talking about a, a, a long bridge here. And to be honest, like if you're comparing him against Josh Allen and Newton, like the two guys that, that, it, that it's most common with, Cam Newton, like he had, you know, inter- interestingly enough, like he had started at Florida and then he goes to, to Auburn. Um, there was like an off the field thing. But, you know, we, we didn't see a ton of Cam Newton, but Cam Newton's last season, he decimated college football. Like they won the national title that year. He was the best player in college football that season coming out. Richardson wasn't the best player in college football last season. Uh, I think he, I think Richardson started 13 games in college and I'm pretty sure he had a losing record in those games. Now you have to bake in his context where the year before last, he was playing for that dippy Dan Mullen, the, the guy who last <laughs> processed. Dippy Dan. Dippy Dan. He, he, he only gave Damian Pierce on that 2021 team, 100 touches. You know, like, and then, and then Anthony Richardson was the backup to Emory Jones, who's just wandering like the, the desert right now. Um, like, I don't even know where Emory Jones is right now, but like, and then, you know, Billy Napier this past season, but, but, you know, even relative to these guys that were even Josh Allen, I, I would say to a certain degree had more success in college, you know, at, at the level that he was at than, than Richardson did. So like you're, you're facing, it, it's a bit more precarious on the one side, but then on the other side, again, like the tools are, they speak for themselves, and they are unprecedented, literally unprecedented. We have never seen a physical package at quarterback like Anthony yeah. Richardson. I saw our guy uh, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus was tweeting about the the athletic score and and everything you're saying, and looking at like the last twenty years of the highest athletic scores for quarterbacks coming out of the combine. And there was like fifteen guys on the list, or twelve guys, or something, and about half of them panned out, half of them didn't. And there was some debate over Dante Culpepper and whether he actually panned out or not. Listen, of course he did. I'm yes, I'm less interested. I think a lot of people view this as well. You need to be, you know, some of these mobile athletic quarterbacks have a tendency to get hurt, this and that. Well, it's less about are you drafting a ten or twelve year guy, and that would be amazing. The first five years are the most important. And yes, there's some injury risk if a guy is athletic and mobile and getting outside the pocket and getting hit. You know. 150 times a year, whatever it is. But if that guy can be an athletic beast and throw the ball accurately enough 
on a rookie scale contract while you build up your roster. That's how you do it. And that's where the Ravens are probably kind of kicking themselves the last few years, man. They had Lamar Jackson. He was an MVP. And now they either have to pay him a truckload of money, $50 million a year, or say goodbye and try and start over again. But that ideally, that's what you would do, right? Here's this athletic guy. Let's build something around him, and let's try our best to win a Super Bowl in that window. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a math game. And the team that's going to be the best, it's the team that gets the most excess value from the players that they're getting against what they, they have to have on the books for them. And where can you find the most value on that? It's it's the starting quarterback that's on a rookie-scale contract. That's why we always call it a cheat code because you, you have that locked in. And if you get a stu- if you get Mahomes on it in year three when he's worth, by the metrics, you know, $60, $70, 80000000 million, and he's getting paid five, that's how you, you know, I mean, yeah. th- that's how you start to, to jive that sort of thing. So I'm totally with that. And th- this is where the Kirk Cousins discussion always gets lost because it's not Kirk Cousins is bad. It's you don't get any excess value off of the contract. You're just at a, at a one-to-one thing. But not only that, now it's harder to address other, uh, you know, deals on the roster, other holes on the roster. And the thing that we don't talk about enough here is this, and this is why, again, I'll continue to say it, Kevin O'Connell was hired. You know what we don't ever discuss? Who the quarterback's going to get as a team and a coach. Like, we have this assumption, well, the guy, I mean, he is an unbelievable college quarterback, so he's going to be drafted by, well, take your pick, the Houston Texans. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, are, are they a surefire thing? Absolutely not. Infrastructure's bad. Coaching now might be fine, but it wasn't, you know, for a while, so... I, I think we often ignore that. I think we often ignore the, the fact that, look, if you were, and this is, the guy was a great defensive coach, but it's a perfect example. If you threw a quarterback into Minnesota, not named Bridgewater, with Zimmer, his patience was going to be thin, and he wasn't, and, and who was going to develop that kid? You know, which is why O'Connell, like, the cheat code, I, I think Thor is two-pronged. One, you're exactly right. It's the kid on the five-year contract that's team-controlled. But the second cheat code is, who's the coach who can develop him quickly? Turn this thing around. Because there's a lot of coaches, I'll say this right now, they can't do it. Like, we've seen it. They can't do it. And and those get those teams are disasters. Look, the, the guy with the Jets might be a really good coach. But, you know, Zach Wilson, it strikes me. Is he truly just a big bust, or is he also in a place where no one really knows how to develop him and help him out? No, a thousand percent. I I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, Jed. But, like, you you know, you you think about the last class, and going back to Anthony Richardson, when he tested, you know, I I was calling a couple people um, that were were driving back from India or traveling back from India. They were in a layover or whatever, you know, just picking their brain about, you know, what had gone on, what what they heard, different stuff like that. And, you know, we were talking about Richardson, and and one of the guys I was talking to, you know, I I said – it, it makes you wonder how different Malik Willis's process last year would have been if he had just tested at the NFL Combine. Malik Willis, and, and the guy started laughing, he said, yeah, Malik Willis got really bad advice. But it, it goes to your point because you fall then further in the draft and the team doesn't build around your skill set, which is something that, that is going to be extremely important for Anthony Richardson, who is essentially just Malik Willis in a bigger package. Um, you, you know, you need that, you need that, inf- not only the infrastructure around them, but for, for talents like that, you need to, the offensive system built around that. You had brought up Lamar Jackson before. Same class last year, a kid who was didn't have even 1% of Malik Willis's physical ability, Brock Purdy, goes with the, the last pick in the draft. Yeah. But the one thing Brock Purdy was really good at, it's decision-making. The team he ends up with, Kyle Shanahan, he's this galaxy brain fella. And now you have a, a really good decision maker with him. Yeah, he's got a Brock Purdy's got a noodle arm and he's not super athletic and, and all this different stuff, but he makes the right decision every single time. And Kyle Shanahan has given him all the answers. So it's like in hindsight, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that Brock Purdy's a success. But for people out there that are like, why didn't my team take Brock Purdy? Why didn't my ta- team t- take Brock right. Purdy? Because he, he would have been good either way. I, I don't agree with that. It's, it's situation specific to Judd's point. I would also add. Everyone has written off Malik Willis as a bust 10 months into his NFL career. And let's let's look at Geno Smith for a second. Geno Smith played like garbage when he was given two years or whatever it was to start with the Jets. And so that part of it's on Geno Smith. But no longer in this media world and fan world, you don't get the Aaron Rodgers draft him. I guess the Packers are still doing this with Jordan Love. So if you're not the Packers, you don't get to just develop a guy for like three years or give a guy two or three years to throw a bunch of interceptions. 
If the guy looks like garbage in the first six months, oh, he must be a bust on to the next one, right? And for sure, like halfway through a rookie quarterback's second year, if it's not clicking for that guy, the Zach Wilsons, right? Like those teams are moving on to the next. And so Geno Smith's one of the sort of lucky ones that he got cast aside. Maybe he wasn't ready. Then he spends nine years, I guess seven years after uh, after his starting tenure ended, and boom, like he's ready to rock and roll. So I would just, I'd be careful, like, let's give Malik Willis a couple more years. He was very raw when he was drafted. I'm speaking probably on behalf of Thor when I say that, too, um, that some, some of these guys need more than 10 months. Let's get to our weekly mock draft simulation here where we put Thor in the GM chair with some parameters presented by our friends, our new friends officially at Manscaped, Declan. That's right. I want to talk about the uh, right tools for the job. Okay. Very important to have the right tools for the job, whether that's giggity, uh, giggity goo. Whether that's the weed whacker, whether that's the lawnmower, it's important to uh, shave below the belt and feel comfort, comfort down there, right? It, it, it give me a intimidating little thing. I don't like a straight razor down there. I like electric razor. The problem is, never find the right one until I found my friends at Manscaped, which they have the lawnmower 4.0 all new skin safe electric. Trimmer. They have Crop Preserver. They have Crop Reviver. The Magic Mat. A little travel kit you can bring with you like yeah. when I'm going on the airplane on Thursday night, okay? So I have a nice little bag that, that'll be nice and safe with me from my friends at Manscaped. You just carry that out separately so I everyone, just, everyone knows everywhere. that you are a well-groomed man as yeah. you stroll through the airport, When, when, right? when TSA sees it, they're like, good for Declan. He has his uh, he has his performance package and he has the right tools for the job. Thank you, TSA. Go to check out right now. 20% off. Promo code PURPLE. Promo code PURPLE gets you 20% off at manscaped.com. Go get that performance package. Go get that lawnmower, the weed whacker, the beard trimmer. Plenty of great options at Manscaped. Promo code PURPLE for 20% off. Awesome. And thank you to all of you who've already bought Manscaped products. Helping out the show here. Promo code PURPLE lets them know that uh, you're one of us here on Purple Daily. All right, boys, I'm going to pop this up for the YouTube audience. We will narrate for the podcast audience. This is the PFF Mock Draft Simulator. Thor, you are the general manager. We are your intern scout minions getting you coffee and talking you through this. All right, so um, here's the parameters I want to set for you. Ideally, in this simulation, we've done a bunch. We've we've traded up before. We've in some cases we've traded players for extra draft picks. This is a five round mock draft simulation. All right, let's look to trade back in the first round and get some extra capital. Ideally, it's kind of up to the we're up to the sort of the PFF simulator gods here. If a team uh, wants to offer us a trade or not. But uh, you guys cool with that? We're gonna we're we're gonna yep. aim to trade back from the twenty third pick and see what happens. All right, let's do it. Okay, so we're gonna start the draft here on your screen, and uh, we'll see how this shakes out. The Bears around the clock. I don't think they're really trading in the simulation here. So Will Anderson Jr. goes to the Bears. My guess is you're gonna see a bunch of quarterbacks off the board here. Uh, yep, Bryce Young going number two to the Texans. There's Thor's guy C.J. Stroud to the Colts. First cornerback off the board is Christian Gonzalez to the Seahawks. Jalen Carter falling to six. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson back-to-back seven and eight. Mm. Raiders and Falcons. So as this kind of, we'll let this kind of go until the the 23rd pick here. But does that seem about right, Thor? These four quarterbacks going the first eight to nine picks, almost certainly. I I think so. Yeah, I think that's the range that it's going to be. Yeah. Um, And then... A lot of cornerbacks too, man. I mean, how many? There was a handful of cornerbacks that ran sub four four forties that also were like six feet tall, six foot two, can play man press coverage. Um, which cornerbacks do you think boosted their stock the most at the combine last week? Uh, well, Christian Gonzalez, you'd have to put up there. We knew that he was a stud athlete. He certainly proved that. You mentioned Deontay Banks from Maryland. He was another one that certainly did. DJ Turner from Michigan was the the kid that ran in the four twos. I think four two six. So th- those would be a couple that I would toss out. You know what's funny? I literally ran four simulations last night just for fun before bed, and got multiple trade offers on all of them. Uh, no teams are interested in trading up to the twenty three here. Now we could try and offer like just for fun. We could try and see you know um, you know hey Eagles, would you be interested in trading up? If we went back seven picks, let's just try this, all right? If we offered the 23 
the 30 and we asked for their 94. It says they're not interested in trading for the pick. <laughs> they oh, hate you. <laughs> yeah, come on. All right, what about uh, the Chiefs? The, the, the trade chart, by the way, says that's a fair fair offer. See, uh, we're making fair offers here. These, yeah. These Howie Roseman's being difficult. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, it also says the Chiefs are not interested. So, in that case, this is how it works. We're going to make a selection here at 23. We're so drafting. Here's how the board played out in the few picks beforehand. So uh, Nolan Smith, the Georgia edge rusher, went right before the Vikings to the Ravens. Deontay Banks off the board. Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, in, in terms of cornerbacks. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Quentin Johnston, and Jordan Addison all off the board on the wide receiver front. So, all right, Thor, what do you see here? Um, well, Brice Fallen would be uh, super interesting. I don't know if, you know, interior defensive line going to be at the top of it, but he shouldn't be available here. Zay Flowers would be of supreme uh, interest, Ooh. I think, as well. Uh, he Zay Flowers is in play to be the first wide receiver taken. I, I think that's still to be determined depending on Quentin Johnson, how he tested TCU's pro day. He was one of those kids that kicked the can on his testing. But Zay Flowers is in play for that. Um, the, the value would be there. Um, obviously the Vikings aren't going to take a tight end. Those are a couple of the other kids that have fallen down here. What about Bajan um, Robinson falling here? Yeah. I mean, that, that would be totally dependent on the cook thing, but yeah, I mean, it would get interesting if, if somehow they had moved on from cook in advance and then, and then Bijan was here, but with, you know, with the limited draft equity you have in the cap space, if you still have cook, you're not going to be able to take Bijan. I, I think for me, this one would come down to Brise or Zay flowers. I'll kick it to you guys. You can make that call. Judd, do you have any thoughts on uh, so Brian Brise is the interior defensive lineman from yeah. Clemson? Zay Flowers and he tested well too. They actually they both tested well. And I, I saw a story from the combine that the Vikings actually are doing a lot of due diligence on uh, interior defensive line as well to try and get stronger. Then Zay Flowers though, Thor is pretty attractive to me. Like we pay you the big big bucks <laughs> to tell us what what to do here. So I am not comfortable with you trying to throw this to me. I <laughs> want he's, you. He's being, yeah, he's being. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he wants to, he wants to no, hear the scouts in the room. Okay. Yeah, no I, I just want, I just wanted to hear opinions. Uh, well, I mean, Zay, Zay Flowers is the flashy, right? He's the Ferrari yeah, option yeah. here. Like, I'll just give you my dumbass opinion. So I am interested in the Vikings furthering the offensive progress that they made last year. I understand the defense is the weak link. I am not oblivious to that. But Brian Flores helps the defense by walking in the door. So that's like that that's your first big move. To me, if you have a receiver that can be the Robin on the other side to JJ's Batman and you've already got uh TJ Hawkinson, if you can put three powerful weapons out there in the passing game for Kirk or whoever the next quarterback is, that's really appealing. Brian Breesey is like the broccoli that you know you need to eat to stay uh to stay healthy, right? They've got trenches problems. So I would lean flowers because of just the flash of the offense, but they might need the broccoli here with interior, uh, you know, trench work. So that's where I'm at. I, I, let's do flowers. I like, I, you know, Judd and I, we, we've been on the bandwagon of the first round receiver. Um, I, yep. I took a first round receiver for the Vikings in a mock for work yesterday. I, I'm down with it. You know, him falling down here. All right. With the 23rd pick, the Minnesota Vikings select wide receiver from Boston College, Zay Flowers. We're going nice to go ultra fast uh, speed through the second round. So Zay Flowers, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. In this scenario, my guess is KJ Osborne would remain your number three wide receiver with Adam Thielen being cut or traded or some other combination. Right. All right. All right, so now we're on the clock again with the 87th pick. Uh, there are seven teams interested in trading oh, with wow. us here. If you're, in... okay, oh what? yeah, let's look at the offers. Well, we have to. It, it just says the teams that are interested, and then we would have to like make an offer. So just for fun, you know. So we're picking 87th. What if we move back four picks? Let's see what the Bills would offer. So if we swap the 87 and the 91, could we get the 130 back? Yeah, 47 yeah, percent chance. What about the 139? So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, if you could move 60? back four picks and get the 139, yeah, yep. let's see if they would do this. Yeah, we need more picks. Ah, they rejected us. Ah, Screw you, Bills. Okay. Uh, the Houston Texans are offering, but we'd have to move back like 17 spots mm. in that scenario. Mm-mm. We could tell these teams right. to buzz off. Right. All right. 
Thor, what do you see here? So we've got uh, on the defensive side, you've got uh, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson from TCU cornerback. You got Carl Brooks, edge rusher, Bowling Green. Take a look. Yeah, so, uh, you know, some receivers here. Hodges Tomlinson, the kid from TCU, I don't want him. He, he's too small. Uh, he, you'd have to play him in the slot. The Vikings do need a slot guy, but I, I would prefer, I, I guess, a different nickel guy. Carl Brooks, for whatever reason, wasn't invited to the combine. I Like, I like his game, was super disruptive in the MAC, but I think this might be just a tad early for him. Uh, let's keep going down here a little bit. We got a lot of, a lot of running backs. It's like a lot of running backs and, and receiver down here. Um, let's see. And maybe, and maybe this is maybe we do trade back seventeen picks and pick up. Yeah, an let's extra. let's trade. Uh, yeah, I think we should trade back. Okay, GM Thor is feeling uh, a trade back here. So <laughs> yeah, the Houston he Texans hates all these players is what he said. Yeah, well, I mean, like the, the receivers are the guys that are there. We already took our receiver. I think if we go back a little bit, we're going to get better value at a different position. So we could swap the eighty-seven for the one hundred four and pick up the one thirty-eight. Let's offer this to the Texans. Trade accepted. All right. All right. Resume the draft here. All right. Now we're just we're going to make all these picks now. We have five picks now between 104 and 177. You tell us what you see here. Okay. Uh, I like Dwayne McBride, the, the running back from UAB. That This would be dependent on if uh, uh, Delvin Cook ended up, you know, like, again, what, what happens there. But Dude, Dwayne he had, McBride he had 1,700 it. yards and 19 touchdowns last year. Yes, yeah, and he's a broken tackle machine. The, the reason he's going to fall a little bit is they didn't play him on third down. He's coming from the G5, but everything else, like you, you want an early down grinder. He's really, really good at that. Um, keep going down a little bit, Phil. Let's see if there's any corners or anything that have fallen down here a little bit. Um, and Pace is interesting. Oh, the Jacorian Bennett kid, um, the teammate of um, uh, the uh, Deontay Banks that we were talking about earlier, he tested pretty well, too. Uh, nine five eight Raz. Um, let's see who else we got. Nine five eight Raz. Football. So, yeah, so so a ninety fifth percentile size adjusted athlete. In other words, he he might be the the pick here. The guys that I seen, you know, at a position of need. Jacorian Bennett. The Vikings need. Yeah, Jacorian Bennett. All right, let's do it. We're drafting Add a quarterback. Cornerback room. Jacorian Bennett. Now PFF might ding us because they don't like the value here, but I trust Thor more than. We just got better. Anyone. That's all I know. Yeah, yep. that's it. All right, so now we're sitting here again at 119. Your guy Dwayne yeah. McBride is still on the board here if you want that running still back. Still on the board. What, what's our supposition of what's going to happen with the Delvin Cook and the, and the Madison? Like, wh- where's our running back room going to be when we're making these decisions? Judd? I think uh, Pelicero reported he thinks or said he thinks Cook is back. I think Cook and M- Madison, just gut, are both probably gone. So I think you'd be fine hmm. to take that kid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shit. Um, in that case, yeah, let's let's pop uh, let's pop McBride. There we go. All right, that a boy. Declan just John yeah, Johnny chimes on the spot here yeah. for all these picks. <laughs> I love the chimes right now. All right, we're well, now we're picking one thirty eighth. Okay, what about yeah? You know, they need a linebacker at some point. Yeah. They're probably going to sign someone. What about this Dorian Williams that keeps popping up? You you read my mind. I I really like Dorian Williams's game. I actually thought about him in the last round, and then he he did really well at Tulane. He's a little bit undersized, but very very productive at Tulane, and he can do a bunch of different things. Rush the passer, solid against the run despite the size. If you can keep him clean, and and the Vikings they have the guys that can occupy uh, the the offensive lineman stuff like that, and then of course in coverage stuff like that. Then he goes to Indianapolis, tests as an eighty fifth percentile size adjusted athlete. He would have to be in consideration here. Um, what about these edge rushers? There's a ton of edge rushers here in the sort of the early fifth round. Um, the um, the Yaya Abdullah kid from Louisville, uh, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl is a huge fan of his. He's he's got a really quick get off off the edge, um, so that might be a guy that you want to develop. In terms of the burst, like the ten yard split, he was real high um, for for this edge rushing class. So he he would be of interest too. I mean, I they're, they're going to need right. a young edge rusher here at some point. So Yaya. Yaya Abdullah. Let's take Yaya. All right, all right. Two more picks. One sixty here. <laughs> we're back on the clock at one sixty. Oh, I mean, wow. Dorian Williams is still wow. sitting there. Oh, okay, you okay, gotta, we're yeah, running yeah, 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 to the podium. Yeah, uh, all right, that one's easy. <laughs> Bam. All right, and this is our last pick here for the this five round mock. Aiden O'Connell is chilling there. If you want to. Long um, shot uh, potential. So, so I know the Vikings don't need a, a tight end super bad, but that Zach Coons kid tested crazy, and people are sleeping on him. He was an awesome uh, recruit coming out of high school. Signs with Penn State. 
he was blocked. I forgot the tight end that Penn State had three, three, four years ago, but was an NFL kid. Then Zach Coons transfers to Old Dominion. It was the COVID year, so Old Dominion cancels football that year. He had to sit out. Then he blows up in 2021. Last season was supposed to be a swan song, going to blow up again. He gets injured in October. After that, Old Dominion completely fell off his shelf. Zach Coons just tested as one of the most athletic tight ends ever to come into the NFL. Like, you know, he, he was 98th percentile size adjusted. Um, in terms of athleticism in the profile, a kid who measured in over 6'7", uh, would be interesting ball of clay. Uh, I mean, know, Thor, I've got two words for you. Yeah. 12 personnel, my man. 12 yeah, let's personnel. Do it. You guys oh, down you for this? Let's, let's do it. You know more about him than his parents do. <laughs> like his mom's like, what? What's that about Zach? I- <laughs> let's do it. Let's pull the trigger. Uh, you said he's six foot seven. Yeah. In six fact, foot caught, seven. I believe Old Dominion listed him at six, eight. Um, the, okay. So here's the measurables. He measures into the combine six, seven and a half, 255 pounds, runs a four, five, five confirmed. That's 96 percentile. His 10 yard split was one, five, seven. That's 96 percentile vertical. His vertical was uh, 40. That's 99th percentile. Broad jump, 98th percentile. His shuttle was 96th percentile. His three-cone was 95th percentile. Oh, well, that's a good Talk grade. dirty Thor. Oh. <laughs> so got P- a B-plus on this. PFF is giving us a B-plus overall. They did not like the Jacorian Bennett pick uh, in the fourth round, but they did. Again, we traded back, but we got a lot of value late with Dorian Williams and Zach uh, Kuntz. Thanks for the pronunciation help on that so we don't get in trouble. And I uh, also like the pick of – I'm sorry, Phil. I just had a break. Like, if we got Kuntz, I would love the ability to mock the Packer fans with the Kuntz. <laughs> that thing annoyed like me they've for done years. For they years. Yes. Yeah. yeah, with that fullback or whatever. Oof. Amazing. We can throw it right back at him. Wow. So there it is. All right, we just uh, – we just fixed the Vikings right there in one fell swoop. Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. He is our go-to draft speculation expert here. Every Tuesday, we turn the show over to him, and uh, we lob questions at him. He's also going to join us for portions of the actual draft, too. We're trying to figure out sort of schedules on that. So mark your calendars the first night of the draft, April 27th, and we'll tell you the location as soon as we uh, have it locked down officially, but we will do the second annual Purple Daily uh, draft viewing party. So we're looking forward to it. Thor, great stuff, dude. People can follow you, Thor KU, on Twitter if they want more where this came from. Thor KU, and everyone out there for that live show, circle that thing on your calendar. I was there last year. That thing is super-duper fun. And just for the 1% chance that, that, that comes on the board, the Vikings have traded up, and they're going up for a quarterback just to see Judd's reaction. You, you have <laughs> oh, to come out. So I'll slam five beers the right there. <laughs> That'll be it for Judd. We're going to have to wheel them out. Five Shirley's. All right, Thor, great stuff. That's a wrap on this episode. Reckless draft speculation episode of Purple Daily. We'll see you for a bonus episode as well on this Tuesday.